0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now, a message from The Rock of Gainesville. You doing good? You look good. It's good to see you guys this morning here. Welcome to The Rock of Gainesville. If you're here in the auditorium, we welcome you if you're joining us online. We obviously welcome you there, also glad to be together. However it is, we come together. We're glad to be together here at the rock, the rock today. Amen. Yeah. Hey, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne are out of town today. As you know, he's going through a little bit of a process of treatment. He's not going to miss many Sundays at all, but this is one of those that just, you know, kind of could not be helped. And so uh, he's out today. Thank you, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, for the opportunity to step in and serve this wonderful house and teach the word to these wonderful people say amen and amen Amen. Uh, you got to do better than that you're talking about yourself go ahead and say amen. amen so pastor george is out pastor ron is in and i'm pastor ron hyatt and you're not and for that we can't thank god enough right Hey, here's what I want to teach on this morning for a little bit. Uh, I told our team during Huddle Up that uh, I'm going to come back and teach on this subject of overcoming. Uh, That thing has just really been in me now for a couple of weeks, overcoming. And I want to be very specific today and teach on, listen to me now, overcoming adversity. Overcoming adversity. Now, I want you to listen to me really, really well. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to preach real good, and you're going to shout real good. How's that? Yeah. All right, come on. We're, we're going to have a good time this morning. I, and here's what I want to do, guys. I, I, if you've heard me teach through the years very much, you have heard me use this phrase over and over and over again. The process of our spiritual journey is that we are either in a trial going, uh, coming out of a trial, or going into a trial. We are either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or going into a trial. Yay, God, I thank, thanks for sharing that. Pastor Ron, I feel so edified already. So, but the fact of the matter is, is that's just kind of how our spiritual journey is. Now, that's not because we serve a mean God. To the contrary, it's because we serve a very loving God that cares about us and wants to make us as strong as we possibly can be. Come on now. I mean, that's the purpose of God kind of turning up the heat a little bit in our lives. And so I want to talk a lot and teach a lot about overcoming adversity. And here's what I really want to do. I want to change our perspective and how we look at adversity how do you see the adversity you're going through? Because I know you're going through it. I talk to you. I can see it in your face too often. I know that we all are going through hard times. So here's the question that I'm going to start with. How are you looking at the adversity you're going through? Do you see it? Listen to Pastor Ron right now. Do you see it as a burden or a bridge? Ain't that good? Do you see it as a burden? God, why am I going through this? Why am I facing this? How long is this going to last? What are you doing to me and my family, oh God? That's seeing it as a burden. So, do you see adversity as a burden or a bridge? A bridge to success, a bridge to growth, a bridge to overcoming, a bridge to victory. How Do we look upon the adversity that I know all of us are going through? It's all about perspective. My perspective, my friend Scott Whitaker wrote an article about two weeks ago on perspective. And right away I texted him, I said, man, I love that topic. Because it really comes down to how am I looking at things? Now, how does that, Pastor Ron, relate to the adversity that I'm going through, my perspective, how do I look at it? Here it is right here. Most people fail because of broken focus. I don't fail because there's not enough God in me. I don't fail because I don't have enough strength. I don't fail because I don't have enough faith. Most people fail because of broken focus. And here's what I got to get, whatever has your focus, has you mastered? What are you looking at? What, what do you see? Where are, your, ooh, where are your eyes? What are you focused on? Because whatever has your focus has you mastered. Paul used a real interesting word in Galatians chapter 3. Kind of a spooky word. He said, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched... You, that you would start in the spirit and then go back to the flesh. Kind of a spooky word. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? But in the original language, the word bewitched there literally means, oh, foolish Galatians, who smote you in the eye? Who poked you in the eye? You ever been poked in the eye before? Huh? Come on now, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. You ever been poked in the eye? What happens? You can't see, right? Pretty, it, this, is, it's, you know, this is elementary. I, mean, I can't see. Somebody poked me in the eye. I can't see. I, I was playing basketball my sophomore year of college against, a, against one of our rivals, and I was the second man on a 2-2-1 press. I was ready to go, coach. We got this. And all of a sudden, a big old lanky white boy by the name of Jay Duckworth. I remember it like it was yesterday. He came running by me and he took this elbow right here and planted it right in my eye. And I thought, why did you do that to me? (laughs) To know me is to love me. (laughs) And he hit me right in the eye. And what what happened? All of a sudden, I I went blurry. I'm stumbling around. I can't find anything. I can't find anybody. Now, listen to Pastor Ron this very moment. The game kept going on, but I was lost. I get poked in the eye. I lose my vision. The game of life continues, but I can't find the way until I let God restore my focus. I Couldn't see, man. I couldn't see. See, because here's what I got to get. Whatever has my focus has me mastered. See, I'm looking here. I'm looking there. I'm I'm standing at midcourt, looking here, looking there, looking here, looking there, looking looking here, looking there, and I'm lost, man. And that's what happens on our spiritual journey when we lose our focus. I'm looking at everything around me and I'm just kind of confused because I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this, and and I am what James calls a double-minded man. And a double-minded man is what? Come on, say it like you had a bagel. Come on, give me somebody. There you go. Thank you very much. I'm unstable all of my ways. But Jesus, he corrected that. Jesus corrected it by saying this, if your eye is single, you're laser focused, you're zeroed in. If your eye is single, then what? Your whole body is full of, amen. My adversity is full of light. My challenge is full of light. My difficulty is full of light. Why? Because I'm zeroed in, not on this, not on that, but I'm zeroed in rather on the good things that God is doing. And here's here's the deal, guys. Whether we like it or not, we need adversity. Okay, I didn't come to church for that PR. (laughs) But we do. We need adversity. Here's the reason we need adversity. Sometimes my clearest view of God is in the fire and the trials of life. My clear view of God is not on the mountaintop. It's pretty up there. Are you, am I telling you the truth? It's pretty up there. I mean, the sky is blue. The birds are singing. The, the, the flowers are blooming. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Julie Andrews is in there somewhere. But that's not where my clearest view of God is. Takes place. My clearest view of God is in the fire and the trial of life because it's in that moment I say, Oh God, where are you? Oh God, I need you. I need to see you, O oh Lord, and you need to hear my cry. And that's when God says, Here I am. I'm here. Now He's with us on the mountaintop. How many of you now let's be honest? How many of you like the mountaintop? But a lot of times, man, my clear view of God is not always on the mountaintops. It's in the fire and the trial of life. So I want to teach a little while and change, if necessary, change our perspective concerning adversity. So I need to understand this. What? Write it down. What are the benefits of adversity? Number one, here we go. Adversity creates a difference between obscurity and significance. Adversity creates a difference between obscurity, that lonely place, that cold place, that callous place, that place that you're at where you feel like nobody knows where you are, nobody understands what you're going through, nobody's walking through this thing with me, I'm out here all on my own. What adversity does is it comes and it moves us from that feeling of being in an obscure, very lonely place to a place of significance, a place of process, and a place of victory. Genesis 39, the Lord was with Joseph. Where was Joseph? Say it out loud. He's in prison, man. Can you get any more obscure than being in a prison? The people that loved him the most, the people that supposedly loved him the most, sold him into slavery, and betrayed him, and he is in, a, in a, an obscure prison. But look at what the Bible says. The Lord was with Joseph in that prison, and he was a what? He Oh, come on, somebody. He went from the prison to the palace. Yeah. And that's what God's doing in your life and my life. I'm in that obscure, challenging that, that, that pressurized. How many of you know pressure will mess with you? Come on, somebody. You know what pressure always does? Pressure always magnifies. Pressure will take something that's about that big and make it seem about that large. Pressure always magnifies. That pressure place. Nobody knows where I am. Nobody understands what I'm going through. And then adversity takes place, and he moves us from obscurity to significance. So, adversity creates a difference between obscurity, and significance. Number two, write it down. I I like this one. Adversity causes movement in your life. Adversity, hey, what do we do when things are going pretty good? What do we do? I find my spiritual recliner, and I kind of settle in, Everything is going really good. I kind of lay back. I settle in. I, I find my comfort zone, and I just kind of stay there. Why? Because everything is going really good. And then <laughs> adversity hits. And what does adversity do? Some, something's got to happen, God. We got to get something going here, Lord. We got to find something. Something's got to take place. We start moving. We, we may not do everything right. Come on now. But, we, but we're trying to move and, and get something going and something, something to happen. We're just kind of waiting for God. God's got to do so. I get this picture in my mind right now as I'm doing this in front of you that we're kind of like that dancing chicken. You, you ever been to the carnival and seen the dancing chicken? Huh? You, you pay your quarter and you go behind the tent and there's a chicken standing there. And he's just standing there. And you say, I paid money for this. And then all of a sudden, the carnival master reaches in the back and he turns up the heat of that plate that that chicken is standing on. What does that chicken start doing? i t- I got to be honest, when, when you're 6'6", six, six, you really should not do that. <laughs> right? You really should not do that. But that's what happens, guys. Adversity causes movement in your life. It makes something happen. I'm thinking, I, something's got to give, God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of what I'm going through. You've got to move, oh Lord. We begin to cry, we begin to cry out, you, oh Lord. Oh, I, ha- I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. But I have had... This scripture flowing out of me for two days. You, O Lord, are the shield for me. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. Man, that thing has just been flowing out of me, and I don't know why. I mean, we used to sing it years ago in in our youth ministry. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. We sang it much better than that. But you are the glory and the lifter of my head. You're going to make something happen. It's tough right now. Oh, goodness gracious, alive. It's tough right now, but you're going to do something, oh God, and movement is going to take place in my life. Without Pharaoh, Israel would have adapted to Egypt. Now think about that for just a second. How do you know that, Pastor Ron? Well, it's real simple. Look at Scripture. Because when they got out into the wilderness and things were getting really tough, what did they say? Let's go back to Egypt. Wait a second. You want to go back to Egypt where you stood in the hot sun every day with mud up to your knees making bricks? you want to go back to that? Yeah, it was tough, but at least we knew what we had. Mm, There you go, baby. See, and without Pharaoh turning up the heat, they would have gone back to that. They would have settled and adapted to Egypt. I'll prove it to you this way. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 13. Here we go. And when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold increases, and all you have is multiplied and everything is going really good, and the hills are alive with the sound of music, then... Your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. See, without Pharaoh, they they would have gone back to that. Without Pharaoh, they would have adapted to Egypt. See, here's what adversity does adversity gets you moving. Okay, we're, we're standing in the hot sun making bricks. We got to get out of Dodge. We got to get out of here because this is not what God has called us to do. And adversity. Many times is the key that will show you that. So, adversity creates a difference between obscurity and significance. Adversity causes movement in your life. Number three, man, I like this one. Have you noticed I say that about every point? (laughs) Don't I? I say that about every point. And you know, when you think about it, that's a little arrogant because this is my stuff. I'm going to buy this CD myself. But I like this one. Adversity is a divine announcement your season is about to change. Adversity is a divine announcement God's about to do something for you. Man, you're going through hell on earth right now, but adversity is a divine announcement that weeping lasts through the nighttime, but joy comes in the morning. Adversity is tough right now, but God's about to do something absolutely phenomenal. Look at this. Goliath entered the scene, and David went from shepherd boy to warrior. He went from shepherd boy to warrior. Why? Because of a giant-sized adversity named Goliath. Hey, think about it this way. What was David doing before Goliath showed up? watching sheep, wasn't he? Sitting on the hillside, strumming the harp, strumming the harp, strumming the harp. Hello, Mr. Sheep, ah, strum on the harp, strum on the harp, strum on the harp. Sitting on the hillside, watching the sheep strum on the harp, strum on the harp. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am, and I don't want to offend you, especially if you play the harp, and especially if you're a male that plays the harp. But a harp just doesn't seem like the most masculine instrument ever invented. I'm not not throwing stones. It's a beautiful instrument, is it not? Come on, isn't it gorgeous? Sounds beautiful. But what do you see when you look at a picture of someone playing the harp? You see a female in this long flowing gown and she's making these very non-masculine moves. Huh? Strum on the harp, strum on the harp, strum on the harp. And that's what, that's what David was doing on the side of the hillside. Now, I think we all can get an agreement if David would have been on the hillside playing an electric guitar. <laughs> Wah! Wah! Or a bass, Tom, right? A little bit more masculine, but no, he's strumming on the harp, strum on the harp, strum on the harp and he's watching those sheep. And then what happens? A giant size adversity by the name of Goliath comes in, and look how shepherd boy goes to warrior. Watch this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace?" from Israel. Doesn't sound like shepherd boy, does it? Sounds like Rambo. Come on. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Look at the difference of language. Right, no, we ain't putting up with this anymore. We're not putting up with this anymore. Look, there comes a time in your life and my life when the heat of adversity keeps going and going and going and gets hotter and hotter and hotter that the revelation of God strikes home and you and I say, I'm not putting up with this anymore. My God is coming through for me and I am made more than a conqueror through him who keeps putting power in me. (laughs) Can I give you a, a, a quick language lesson? We, we translate that scripture correctly, by the way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The original language says this. I can do all things through Christ who continues to put power in me. It's Aorist active. Who continues. There's a continual action. God doesn't just put a little dab of do you? How many of you are old enough to remember that commercial? Come on. Yeah. He did not put a little brill cream. A little dab of do you. Now, every moment mm, that you need the power and the strength of God. He continually puts power in your life, your marriage, your business, your home, your kids, your future, your destiny. He keeps putting power in your life. It's a continual action. Where am I? I like that. So, adversity creates a difference between obscurity and significance. It causes movement in your life. It is a divine announcement that your season is changing. I like this one. (laughs) May as well go ahead and say it, right? Huh? Come on. May as well go ahead and say it. Now, now really, honestly, we may not like this when we really get into it, but here it is. Because human nature doesn't like this. Adversity exposes weaknesses and limitations. Now, I like that. We like that. But in the, in the flesh, come on now, in the flesh, we don't like that, right? Because I, I don't want people knowing my weaknesses. I don't want people knowing my limitations. I don't want people knowing that I can't do this or I can't do that. But here, here's what adversity does. I love adversity because of this reason right here. It shows me and teaches me that I'm not quite the big dog I thought I was. I'm not quite as big and bad. I'm not quite the spiritual giant that I thought I may have been. I'm not all that and a bag of chips. Not quite all that. And what shows me that? Does the great life of ease show me that? No. Adversity shows me that. Adversity shows me that I don't quite... Have it all together. There there are two words. There are two words. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. There are two words in biblical language that describe covenant. One is the Old Testament word barit, and it literally means that we enter into an agreement with God. And what it says and shows is this, I enter into covenant with God, barit and it literally shows that God says this. God says, I am coming into covenant with you. Now, there are things that I am going to require of you. There were, there were requirements to cut covenants. There are things that I'm going to require of you, but I will be with you as those things take place. That's the Old Testament concept of covenant. Nothing wrong with it. The word again, the word is barit. But come on somebody, how many of you know that he says this, I give you and me a new and better covenant. And the New Testament concept of covenant is the word dieteke. And it literally means this, theke will. I entered into a will and testament with my God and my Savior and my Lord. And he tells me this, See, Old Testament covenant says this, there are things that you're going to have to do, but I'll be with you as you do them. I'll be with you. But the New Testament covenant, do you think it literally says this, there are things that I want you to do. I'm entering to an agreement with you. Everything I have is now yours. And there are things I'm going to ask you to do. And I want you to do them. New and better covenant, but what you can't do, I will do for you. Mm. What you can't do, I'm going to do for you. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Ron? I can't heal myself. But the new and better covenant says this, by his stripes, you were healed. I can't stir up enough peace in my life. But the new and better covenant says, Jesus told me my peace i leave with you there are things i can't do for myself but what you can't do i will do for you Mm. recognizing weaknesses will birth humility you know what the hebrew word for humility is get in agreement with god it's not becoming some wallflower scared to death that the sun's going to come up no the hebrew word for humility is to get in agreement with god the only way I can get in agreement with God is realize I need him a whole lot more than I need me. Hmm? Now keep shouting good because you've been doing pretty good. Keep shouting good because that's what it means. I get in agreement with God, Mr. Clint, and I got to. Oh, here it is. In order for me to get into agreement with God, I've got to decrease so that he can what? Increase. Amen. Proverbs ten seventeen. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them, and you listen to their cry. So, adversity does this. It creates a difference between obscurity and significance. It causes movement in your life. It's an announcement your season is changing, and it exposes weaknesses and limitations. And the next one. Thank you. I really do like this one no shucking and jiving. I like this one. Adversity unifies your friends. See, when, when things get tough and the rubber meets the road and my back's against the wall, I find out that I know that I know that I knew who's got my Six. Because see, there are those people in our lives, and they're good people, they mean well, but we go through adversity. Me and Hector were talking about this this morning. There are those people in our lives and we talk about the struggles we're going through and they say, oh yeah, man, I got you, baby. I understand. I'm, I'm going to be praying for you. I'll be, I'll be praying for you. I'll see you later. I'll be praying for you. That, that, that's not the guy that I want to go, go in the foxhole with. He, he ain't got my six. But see, when I find out through adversity what really it is that I'm facing, I find out who's going into that foxhole with me and standing with me. I, I had a dear friend a conversation with a dear friend that I loved dearly a while back, and we were talking about relationships and how relationships can change, and sometimes, you know, people can kind of turn their back on you and just, you know, not not beating up on them. But it's just life. How many of you have ever faced that? Come on, be honest with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He turned your back on me, and I told my buddy. I said, look. I have learned to categorize friendship much like the tabernacle of Moses. I got three levels of friendships. I got outer court friends, I got inner court friends, and I got holy of holy friends. There's nothing wrong with those outer court friends. They're really good people. I love them. And I, have, I, I know them well, and you know they're, they're friends. And then I've got those inner court friends, those friends that they, they're, they're really in there with me. They're walking through life with me i have a relationship with them and we hang out together you know they're good people and i love them to death but then i got those holy of holy friends come on somebody i got the not a whole lot of those come on now are you telling me the truth huh not a whole lot of those but i know that i know that i know i've got three or four holy of holy friends that when i pick up the phone and I say what I'm going through, I don't get the response back, hey, Pastor Ron, I'll be praying for you. I get the response back, I'll be there in a minute. Let's pray right now. That's those holy of holy friends that they got in my six. They're walking through with me. Not a lot of those. And you know what? That's okay. Come on and say amen to that. It's okay but I love those outer court friends. I love them to death. Good people. I love those inner court friends. We'll spend time together. We may even have a meal together. They're buying, but it's a really good meal. (laughs) But then I got those. Hey, listen to me. You don't want to know the beauty of a holy of holy friends. Many times you don't even have to call them They will call you and say, hey, something in my spirit says something's not right right now. What do you need? Mm, Give Jesus praise for those people. Come on, put your hands together and give Jesus praise. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. He's born for it can't wait till it comes about he's crawling in that foxhole with you and ready to go born for adversity i am going to buy this cd myself (laughs) last one adversity creates a difference between obscurity and significance adversity causes movement in your life you dancing chicken you Adversity is a divine announcement. Your season is changing. Adversity exposes weaknesses and limitations. And that's not all bad. I'm going to prove it to you here in a minute. Adversity unifies your friends. In Christ's God exposes his power through people. And the last one. Adversity provides God an opportunity to reveal his commitment to you. See, without adversity, guys, God can become a concept. It can can be a philosophical experiment. But with adversity, God stands up and says, I understand what you're going through and I'm walking through this with you. It's not not an ideology. It's a living, breathing God that cares about everything that you are facing and everything you are walking through it's in adversity that you, you and I say, I can't. And God says, you don't have to. I'll do it for you. That's covenant. I, you can't, I can. And I, as I said a minute ago, I don't want to talk about why my weaknesses. Yeah, talk about your weaknesses. It's okay to admit your weaknesses. It's okay to admit your limitations. Why do you say that, Pastor Ron? Well, here it is right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Here it is. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? So that Christ's power may rest on me. Be honest about what I can't do, because when I do that, I open the door the power of God to come infiltrate my life and do what he desires to do so let's close right here what's my perspective of adversity how do I look at this is it a burden or a bridge is it why oh God why oh God why oh God or is it I'm walking into victory through your power what is it burden or bridge do I see adversity as a bridge to significance Do I see adversity as a bridge to growth? Do I see adversity as a bridge to change? Do I see adversity as a bridge to greater vision? Do I see adversity as a bridge to humility, which attracts God's favor? And do I see adversity as a greater experience of his grace, favor, that I don't deserve, but it's okay, because I'm in covenant with a covenant-keeping God. Amen? Amen. Stand with me, if you will. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word today. Father, I thank you for the power of your word, and I thank you, Lord, as, 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 as if we could say it this way, as odd as it sounds in the natural, I thank you for adversity, because it does something in our lives that creates. We've talked about six or seven ways that adversity creates things in our lives. And even though some of those things are challenges, we still say, thank you, Lord, because out of that that change, that stretching, that adversity, you're creating growth in our lives. So we thank you for it. And now, Lord, I ask you, Lord, just to speak to the hearts of those that are going through a hard time in life, but they don't have Jesus in their life. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that when we're going through adversity, again, the, the New Testament covenant is we have Jesus there to help us walk through that adversity. But there are those that may be in this room today, they're going through the challenges of life. They've got nowhere to turn. They don't have Jesus in their life, so they don't have an answer that many of us have been able to enjoy because we made Jesus Savior and Lord of our life. And so, I just pray over them right now in Jesus' name. They're going through the challenges of life and saying, where do I turn? What do I do? What's my next step? We say, Lord, that we can pray with them and declare that Jesus is their next step. Just touch their hearts right now, God, right where they are, whatever they're going through, just love on them through the compassionate love of Jesus. Every head bowed, nobody's looking around. I'm gonna have the whole congregation pray in just a moment. If you're here this morning, And you're saying, Pastor Ron, that prayer you just gave is me. That is me. I'm going through the challenges of life. I don't know where to turn because I don't have Jesus in my life. That can change right now as you pray and ask Jesus into your life. And it's real simple, real simple. Jesus, God made it so simple for us. You confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, and you shall have Jesus in your life to help you through that adversity. So we're all going to pray together. If that's you, I want you to just pray it out loud and mean it in your heart and let God do the perfect work that only He can do for you. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you now, Lord, to come into my life. I admit it. I'm going through the hardships of life. I don't know where to turn. And I've heard this morning that I can turn my life, my hardships, my destiny, my future over to you. And what I can't do, you'll do for me. I can't save myself, but you can bring salvation into my life. I declare now, Lord, that I've not been a follower of Christ, but I say right now, Lord, I desire to be. And I ask Jesus into my life I receive you now as Savior. I want to make you my Lord. Thank you for coming into my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise offering this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.